I'm Alex Wong, and the Wong Takes start now. What's up, everybody? It is Monday, February 3rd, 2020, and it's a day after Super Bowl Sunday. And if I sound a little somber, that's because, as a Niners fan, Super Bowl Sunday was kind of rough. But, you know, you take, I saw a South Park uh, meme slash quote the other day, or yesterday. Basically says you take the bad with the good, you know? The only reason you feel so bad is because before you felt so good. And uh, this Niners season, I'll get more on it later, but it was a great success. But it's just disappointing it had to end this way, you know? Uh, I'm going to provide an analytical recap of this, but, you know, I'm still going to be sad because my Niners lost, but, um, there's really nothing else to talk about. Uh, so let's get right into it. The Super Bowl 54 in Miami, the Chiefs 31, the 49ers 20. I think overall, um, the Super Bowl as a, as an event was a great success. I mean, it, first of all, I mean, it ran off without a hitch, um, but... The pregame was great. I mean, Miami really embraced the Super Bowl again, and um, vice versa. I mean, there was a lot of highlighting of, you know, Latino culture and everything, um, and that was great to see. And the halftime show was really entertaining, um, and that's really all you can ask for. Um, but as far as the game itself went, um, I'll just get right into it. I mean, two plays really were the difference in this game. Um, at the end in the fourth quarter with Tyreek Hill uh, taking advantage of a busting coverage and getting that long 44-yard completion on third and 15 where there might have been a hold. Geez, I'm not usually one to complain about the refs, but, I mean, there were some really calls that really tipped this game. Um, and then Sammy Watkins beating Richard Sherman, who may have been looking for help over the top. It's hard to really tell. Um, you can't really know without getting into the head. Uh, of the of the team but you know those two plays really made the difference because for the Niners I mean the the biggest question on the defensive side uh was gonna be the secondary uh, one of my keys for the Chiefs was to attack the Niners secondary and they didn't really do that or weren't able to do that effectively much until that fourth quarter and that's where they get all their momentum from, and the Niners being able to avoid the big play was a reason they'd only given up 10 points to one of the best offenses in the league. And another reason that those plays were so crucial was because the Niners' game plan, generally speaking, uh, and particularly against the Chiefs, is to shorten the game. Uh, I mean, you want to have... Mahomes to have the ball for as little as possible. You want there not to be as many possessions where this Chiefs offense can just break out and you want to run the ball down their throats. And they were able to do that for three and a half quarters. Um, the game was going exactly to plan. I mean, people were upset about Kyle Shanahan for playing conservative, but, you know, that's kind of what the game plan dictated. You know, there wasn't, um, you didn't want to squander points in a game like that. Um, where you where where you could have had points, um, but like I s shortening the game was the game plan and it was working. But going back to the big plays, I mean, 
if you shorten the game, you have to avoid big plays because you won't have as many opportunities to respond. It's kind of a double-edged sword. I mean, on the one hand, you give Mahomes and company less opportunity to make big plays, but if they do make big plays, that hurts all the more. Um, and so that's kind of the downsides and upsides to shortening the game. And the Niners were suffered the bad side of this toward the end of this one. And that's ultimately, you know, what flipped the script. I mean, 21 points in the last, you know, six minutes is remarkable. And it really goes to show how powerful this Chiefs offense is and was. Now, a lot of people, a lot of the narrative coming out of it um, was blaming the loss on Kyle Shanahan. And, you know, I'm not going to say he didn't make some questionable decisions, um, Particularly, the one that sticks out to me is not going for uh, at, at least points at the end of the half, or at least not appearing to have gone for points at the end of the half. But overall, I think what he was doing wasn't wrong. Um, I mean, some of the fourth downs were kind of, they weren't like just fourth and inches, like immediate go for it snap calls. I mean, a lot of them were, you know, fourth and two or fourth and a long one, where it's a little more of a 50-50. Um, I think he would have drawn criticism either way if, you know, it hadn't gone his way, and that's what happened. But the offensive plan was working for most of the game. I mean, the the two aspects that work for the Niners are run trickery, which they did with Debo Samuel having a couple of big runs, um, and Jimmy G making getting makeable throws and that's what he had uh he had plenty of those a lot of slants that he's been throwing all year um and getting his receivers involved i mean kendrick Bourne had some big plays too i mean the the game plan i i was surprised at the end that they only had 20 points because the gate the offense felt like it was rolling for a good chunk of this game um and the niners were really executing their game plan and that's why they were up 10 um in the middle of the fourth quarter but I, and then the end of the game's handling wasn't handled well by anyone. Um, but I think it's a little unfair to blame this loss on Kyle. I mean, sure, maybe it was questionable to throw twice, but when you consider that play action had worked so well for them, and one of those plays was a play action throw on second and five, I believe, um, you you can't really blame the play call for that. That's more on the execution and. On that last drive, sure, maybe they abandoned the run a little too early, but they were one deep throw away from completing a touchdown. I mean, that play worked. Uh, Sanders got behind the secondary, and Jimmy G just missed him. And that's that's it's a make-or-miss league. It's like basketball. It's a make-or-miss league if you can hit those throws. So I don't I don't really think this loss is on Kyle, and I don't I don't really think you can blame it on one particular person. It's just really a comes down to a lack of execution down the stretch and you know you like to fit it into a certain narrative but I don't really think there is a particular one um, but what did um, surprise well okay I'll, I'll say first um, Jimmy Garoppolo is also going to get a lot of heat um, obviously for missing that throw at the end but you know he he did what he needed to do for most of the game at one point I think his his completion line was like 19 for 22 or something like that but he wasn't missing th- throws early in the game or for most of the game. Um, and he was just doing what he needed to do. Only one mistake on the interception, but came right back. Uh, and 
didn't look like he missed a hitch or anything. So um, it, it's tough because you do make your money at the end. I mean, you make your money on whether you can execute in these late game situations, and he's been able to do that for most of this season. Um, the Saints game in particular sticks out, but you do it. You make your money on the biggest stage, and it's unfair. It's absolutely unfair, um, but that's the way it is. Um, and I'll go into a little bit of that later. Um, but I don't think this loss is on Jimmy either uh, alone. Um, but what did surprise me was that the Chiefs played way better at the line of scrimmage than, than the Vikings or Packers did and that I anticipated coming in. Um, because the Niner run game, it was good, but it wasn't great. I mean, they weren't able to consistently uh, get those big gashing runs that we've been used to seeing and... Um, the longest play from scrimmage ended up only being Damian Williams' 38-yard run, or the longest touch score was only 38 yards from Damian Williams. And I, you didn't get those big game-breaking runs from San Francisco that we've been so used to seeing, with the exception of maybe those early Debo um, sweeps. Also, and that I think that just goes to show that the Chiefs prepared well um, and came out with a good game plan on, in, in the front seven. Also, Chris Jones kept tipping passes late. I mean, it's it's tough because, you know, that, that means that you kept them at bay, but at the same time, it, it's almost a lose-lose. And the fact that those passes kept getting tipped, including one that probably would have gone for first down to Kittle toward the end of the game and maybe turn the, turn the tide uh, is rough. Um, but it's such a, a game of inches, really. Um, and... We definitely saw that. And on the offensive side, the Chiefs line, um, the the Niners' D got penetration. I mean, they knocked Mahomes down, I think, uh, double-digit times. doesn't mean nearly as much as it did for the Niners um, in the Vikings or Packers game. And we saw that with Lamar Jackson earlier in the year. Uh, I mean, you can neutralize the line by, one, getting throws out early, and, two, being able to escape and make accurate throws on the run, and Mahomes is able to do that. He wasn't as magical as we've seen him be. I mean, he threw two picks, but um, including one just egregious, really bad throw. But in the end of the game, um, that's that's the, what made the difference for them on offense. Um, and so, you know, you can't. It's tough. I mean, you can't really blame the loss on one person. It was just an over. An overall collapse, and <clears throat> I mean that's why it's so tough for Niner fans. Um, and I mean, okay, so that's looking at the game maybe in a vacuum. Uh, but let's take a look at in the context of the season. Well, I mean, first of all, I mean for the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, remarkable season, twelve and four, uh, really pretty much perfect except for one stretch in the middle of the season where they had I think three straight losses at home. Um, but when you consider that, even beside with that happening, they still went twelve and four, and Kent went to the playoffs, went down double digits in every game, including down twenty four to the Texans in the first quarter, and were able to win all three games. Uh, just demonstrates, I think, even more than you know, people say resolve and everything, but just how much of an offensive powerhouse this team was. I mean, and it was basically all in the passing game. Um, I mean, Damian Williams had some good spurts, but overall this was an offense built around the pass, and when you have that many weapons and they're all that good, uh, I mean, that's an offense that's very difficult to stop. And 
that's how the Ravens can get better too, is by getting some of those receiver types uh, in the draft or via trade or through in-house development. But for the Chiefs, uh, Andy Reid deserves this. I mean, he's coached for so long, for over two decades, uh, I believe. And he's worked his butt off, and he's raised so many coaches. His coaching tree, I mean, you've got really established guys. Um, Doug Peterson has won a championship. Um, others that I'm forgetting, but he's gone. He's had multiple coaches that have gone on to win championships. And so now for him to finally get his own, I mean, I've, as a Niner fan, I mean, I was talking with people yesterday. It's like, you know, you're rooting for him. You're happy for him that he succeeded. You just hoped it wasn't against us. But, you know, uh, it's good to see the big man get a ring. We, w- we would have just hoped it wouldn't have come against the 49ers. Uh, and... For Patrick Mahomes, uh, the MVP of the Super Bowl, although that doesn't really mean that much, but um, going to and winning a Super Bowl at this young age, he's only, I believe, 24, and for so many quarterbacks, I mean, if you look at their careers, Drew Brees only has one ring, Aaron Rodgers only has one ring, Um, and for Patrick Mahomes to get that ring so early and uh, to already have made two deep playoff runs, uh, he's... He's got a lot of time left, and I think the matchup for the next five years, unless something really changes to watch, is going to be Lamar versus Patrick Mahomes uh, in that AFC, and it's going to be a really fun, some really fun battles. And I think with this win, if he wasn't there already, Patrick Mahomes really is in that upper echelon of quarterbacks. I mean, along with you know the Rodgers and the Breezes and the Bradys. Um, on them, I think Mahomes at his current in the current state of the NFL has reached that tier, um, and he's only going to develop, and it's going to be scary uh, for the rest of the league. Now, for the 49ers, um, it's tricky because they appear to be set up for a while. I mean, if you look at their defensive core, um, not just the uh, front seven, but the secondary has gotten much better over the course of this year, even though they had some struggles in the Super Bowl. Um, And Robert Sala is staying, um, and the whole coaching staff appears to be staying, which will help develop them further. And they've got on the offensive side the stacked run game. I mean, Jarek McKinnon wasn't even on the team this year. He's now kind of just extra. He might not be with the team next year, but you've got... Um, Tevin Coleman, who didn't even get as many touches because of Raheem Moster and also Jeff Wilson Jr. as a passing down back. Um, you've got so many options. And then, of course, the wide receiving core has become has looked a lot better. you got Debo Samuel emerging as a bona fide uh, wide receiver one. got Emmanuel Sanders, who's a midseason pickup. Um, you've got Kendrick Bourne, who's been a little more consistent of late. And... You've got Jimmy G, uh, and he'll continue to develop. Um, so the Niners appear to be set up for a while, and I think the the run game and the defense um, is going to continue to win them a lot of games. Um, I mean, uh, I have no doubt that they have a... Well, I might come back to bite. This might come back to bite me, but I think they have a pretty high floor just based on their style. Um, and it's really surprising that it only took them one year to develop it to mesh it, to flesh it out to the point that they did this year. But um, I think, you know, there's, for every team, there's kind of that wall that determines whether they can win a Super Bowl. And I think for the Niners, that 
uh, quote-unquote wall, even though they were so close this year, is going to be Jimmy Garoppolo's development. Um, now, part of it, of course, is going to be luck. I mean, if the Niners, if Jimmy G completed one pass, which is not, you know, something that gets changed, or that, that's, that's, there's a lot of luck to that, whether he hits that throw or not. Um, but, you know, it, a lot of it is luck where they win the Super Bowl. He could develop a lot and they could still never win a Super Bowl, or he could stay the same and they win next year just because they get some good matchups or whatever. But um, I think in the broader scheme of things, if you want to talk about big picture narratives, I think his development is going to be something to watch if he can... Um, hit more of those deep throws that he didn't hit. Uh, he he never really had to make as much this year. I think that's a big concern for him is the deep ball. Um, but he's got a lot of room to grow. I mean, Kyle Shanahan will continue to develop him, and um, I think he his 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 he is the key to whether or not this lasts for just this year or five years or ten years. Um, and because you know the run game is always in flux, the line will change, but. Franchise quarterbacks are supposed to be the constant amidst all of that. I mean, there's a reason, you know, um, Brady has always gone to the playoffs every year. Um, and because he is that type of quarterback. But, you know, it, it's it's worrisome because championship uh, situations, particularly in the NFL, are so precarious. I mean, like, you know, in the NBA, uh, you've got a seven-game series and games are, um, you know, they're a little more up to chance than NFL games are, but, you know, generally the best team wins in those series. And that's why you could kind of say when the Warriors lost in 2016, you know, they'll probably be back, probably be back, because they were so far ahead of everyone else, and um, they, you know, they were probably going to, they weren't probably weren't going to lose to those teams. And you could kind of just say they'll probably be back. But in football, I mean... There's only 16 games, and each playoff round is only one game, so you never know what's going to happen. I mean, if you take a look at, you know, the Panthers four years, and injuries too, in, in, in football in particular. Um, the Panthers four years ago made the Super Bowl, didn't get back. The Rams last year made the Super Bowl, didn't make the playoffs this year. So that's that's another reason this stings a lot, is because you don't know if they're ever going to get back, and you hope they do. I mean, they're, I just said why they're set up to. Um but ultimately, you just never know. Um, and, but overall, I mean, if you look at San Francisco went four and twelve last year. Um, even though they were close games, still four and twelve is four and twelve, and they were projected to do, you know, maybe a little better this year. Maybe their ceiling we thought was like eight and eight, um, but they went thirteen and three, got to the Super Bowl, almost won, and. When you consider all of that, it's an amazing season for San Francisco, and I think that'll become you know even more clear over the next few weeks as we back further and away from the NFL season. Um, but you know it's it's disappointing now. Um, but yeah, uh, a great season for the 49ers, and no football until September. All right, quick take. Um, Vernon Davis retires from the NFL. Uh, I didn't actually really catch this live because I was kind of just watching it off to the side. But on the pregame show, they did a little Golden Girl skit with Gronk, Vernon Davis, and uh, James Harrison. And Vernon Davis announced he's retiring. Uh, so that's cool. After, uh, I believe, 15 years uh, in the 14 years in the NFL, uh, here in the Bay Area, we'll always remember him as a 49er. Uh, he. Mo- most well known for being for the catch three 
in the NFC Divisional round eight years ago from Alex Smith. And just being kind of the stalwart uh, during those tough times in San Francisco when they weren't winning very much. And he retires now, and he was always uh, just, you loved him because he was a team player who left his, who left everything out on the field, and that's all you really ask for in a football player and a tight end. I mean, besides the skill, just tight ends, often you're looking for energy guys, um, just because they have to do everything, and if they have a great attitude with it, it kind of carries to the rest of the team, uh, and also the skill, I mean, Vernon Davis, a uh, two-time pro bowler. And even though his production declined over the last few years, uh, we'll never forget him here in San or here in the Bay Area. Uh, and you know, I wish him the best in retirement. I hope he enjoys himself. Maybe he'll follow the paths of Patrick Willis and try to get into the tech industry. Who knows? Hopefully, he comes back to San Francisco um, because we'd love to have him. I'm sure the fans would love to have him back, um, especially for some of these playoff runs. So, all the best to you, eighty-five. Uh, and we'll see you in retirement. All right, thank you so much for listening to The Long Takes, uh, episode 120. So the NFL season's over, guys. Um, that was fun. A uh, little reboot here in year three. And I honestly do not know the plan right now. Um, I'm going to say that we are signing off uh, for the for the season, I think. Um, and, uh, you know, I plan to do this again, uh, next football season, but for now, I think we might come back briefly, uh, for the NBA playoffs, um, and to talk about that. Um, but for now, uh, maybe if I want to come back next week and talk a little bit about the XFL, but I'm not planning on doing that right now. So, uh, thank you so much for listening, uh, this season, guys. It was a lot of fun, college football in the NFL. Um, and other topics, but uh, that's it for the 150th season of college football, 100th season of the NFL, and the third season of the long takes. So, well, I don't really know how to sign off because I'm probably not going to see you next week, but I guess I will see you all uh, next time. <laughs>